Proverbs 3, verses 3 through 12. That is our scripture reading this morning. Let's listen together to God's holy and infallible word. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. It's God's word for us and to us this morning. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, summer uh, can be and often is a time of refreshment and renewal for families. And that's how we should look at Sunday worship too. Sunday worship is an opportunity for renewal every week, every seven days. And God knew that we needed that renewal badly. Well, this summer, uh, in some of the, a number of the mornings, we're going to spend some time in the book of Proverbs uh, for, uh, if, for Christian renewal. Proverbs is one of the four, five, or six books of wisdom in the Bible, written mostly by Solomon, uh, son of, of King David in the Old Testament. You see that uh, at the very beginning Proverbs 1, 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And some others wrote some pieces too. I'm calling this little series Pearls of Wisdom for Christian Renewal. The book gives us pearls of wisdom in the sense that we get many little sayings that can stand alone. Um, There are maybe a dozen major themes. You could probably find 20, 25 themes, maybe 10 or 12 major themes, but you don't find a single theme in one chapter. You have to search through the book to find the Proverbs on subjects here and there. And and so the plan for us uh, when we do these sermons in the mornings is to gather up the pearls of the different topics strewn throughout the book uh, that was written by Solomon, the wisest man of his age. And of course, more than that, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit because this is God's very word. These uh, verses, uh, we're starting in these verses in chapter 3 because I think they give us a summary, and, and some other folks think this too, that they give us a summary of the main of some of the main themes of the book. Uh, Wisdom involves at least these five core elements that are addressed here. Wisdom involves, first of all, God's covenant love in our hearts. 
And that's verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. This isn't just any old love and faithfulness. Not human love and faithfulness. Not even uh, some of the highest forms of human love and faithfulness like a marriage relationship or a father and a son or mother and her kids. This is uh, hesed, the Hebrew word for God's covenant love. In other words, this is the ultimate love. God's love for His children. And we know that love is unconditional. It's never-ending. It takes initiative before we even loved Him. So much so that this love began before the foundations of the world were established. It's not dependent, this love of God for you, on your accomplishments or your lack of accomplishments. In other words, wisdom is about God's grace when we're talking about God's covenant love in our hearts. As we look at our lives, you might say, who am I? What makes me who I am? Well, um, I'm a painter. But no, that's what you do. I'm a teacher. That's who I am. No, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Or on Father's Day, you might say, I'm a father or Not a father if I don't have kids. But that doesn't get at who you truly are at your core. Fatherhood, being a father is a role in your life. An important role. But it's not your soul and core identity. Our job, our relationships, whether we're married or have kids, that's not where we find our identity. And if we do, we're in trouble Because what if we lose our job? What if we retire? Well, then what's left? What if our spouse dies? Or what if we're never married and that's not God's calling for us? What if we never have kids? Well, if we've sought all our identity in those things, we'll be broken. We'll be broken. Wisdom realizes our identity is in the Lord, first of all. That's how we know who we are. Uh, The wise person embraces God's covenant love and his faithfulness that hesed as his or her greatest treasure. Bind them around your neck, we read. Keep this precious grace of God as close as can be, like you might keep a diamond necklace. It's precious, costly. Sarah doesn't have a diamond necklace, but she does have a cherished necklace. And it has the names of all our children on it. A number of you maybe have seen it. And, and of course, nothing is more precious or close to a parent's heart uh, than her children. And then we read, write them on the tablet of your heart. You didn't know there are tablets in the Old Testament, did you? But there are a few. You read about them every once in a while. My youngest two, Adriana and Sophia, found a couple of old phones of our families that they charged and are now using, Um, but they don't have service. So if if Adriana has told you or any of your children that she has a new smartphone, don't believe it. It's false. It's new to her, and it can just play a few games. There's no phone service. 
Well, Sophia is using you know, uh, an old uh, phone that used to be Olivia's, and the first thing she did was have me change uh, that, that, that home screen because it was an old photo of Olivia and her friends, and that didn't make sense for her. So I changed it to something meaningful to her, right? So we, we picked out a meaningful photo to you. Uh, the tablet of your heart. The tablet of your heart, says God's word, like, like your home screen, a photo of something you value so you want to see it every time you use your device. In other words, God's grace and love are at the forefront of the heart of the wise person, right there in your heart, right there for you to see, for others to see. And then the wise person won't be rocked because she belongs to Jesus. The Lord's faithfulness to his people all the way to death on a cross demonstrates God's love forever and his amazing grace. And when your identity is there, you can lose your job, friends can forsake you, life's path may lead places you didn't plan like for some loved ones of ours in this congregation in the last week. You'll have disappointments, but you are secure. You're going to be okay. Your greatest treasure, God's grace, will be with you and keep you. That defines us. That defines you, my friend. You're a child of the King. No matter how you're treated, no matter what your grades are, no matter what you get on that ACT, even if every friend forsakes you, Jesus is your friend. Just as surely as Abraham in the Old Testament was a friend of God because of God's covenant love for him. And so the wise person puts their heart's deepest trust in God's grace and his love, his faithfulness, every day as we live our lives, quorum Deo, before the face of God. Every day, remind yourself of his covenant love for you and who you are because you belong to him. Second, wisdom involves a foundation of God's word for our lives. This is verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. God's word is our foundation, a solid bedrock for our living. What do we lean on? What do we always come back to? The scriptures. We're called to submit our whole self, our whole mind to God's word, to bring it to bear, to apply it to every area of our lives. As someone in this church likes to say, it's a friend of mine, I'm in a Bible study with him, I'm a person under authority. And he's glad about that because he knows the human tendency is to want to be our own authority, to think that we on our own know what's best in life, that we've got all the answers. And this guy knows that's false, that's crazy. That's no way to live. That's a recipe for, the disa- for a disaster if you think that you're the authority, which is how a lot of people live. True wisdom knows that to be under God's authority is the way to live, and we do that by submitting and having a found- submitting to his word and standing on that foundation. Secondarily, we do that by being part of a church 
and placing ourselves in a church that has accountable community, like we try to do here at Faith Church. We don't want people just to wander in and out and whatever. Accountable community under the leadership of pastors, elders, and deacons because we need to be under the authority of God's Word. Lean not on your own understanding. To do that is just foolishness when we've got divine authority that God has given us. Third, wisdom involves a humility toward God and others. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes and fear the Lord. And this is related to having Scripture as our foundation in the sense that a wise person humbly bows their will to a greater will. Wisdom involves being humble, teachable, not walking around like a know-it-all. When you want to be critical of someone, instead be gracious and forgiving and understanding. And when someone is critical of you, be ready to learn from them. What might God be saying to you? Everyone who is wise has an attitude of grace. The wise person has a teachable spirit. Pride gets in the way of that. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and in the sight of others. Fourth, wisdom involves our stuff too. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Obviously, very agricultural language in Proverbs because that's how people measured and had wealth based on their crops. We humbly submit our will to a greater will and we dedicate our goods to a greater good too. And that's the kingdom of God. The wise person shares her time, talents, and treasure with those who have less and for the building of the kingdom of God. The foolish person spends time and energy and money pretty much solely on building his own kingdom and castle and for his own pleasures instead of investing in a kingdom that will never fade away. A wise person is a generous person with what God has given to him or her. I think of the students that uh, we're about to send off on a service project in a little bit later in this service. They're dedicating a whole week plus to serving others when during that week they could be earning money that they need very much. They could be spending time for themselves. They and their family are spending money to pay for this trip and all of us together have given some of our treasure to support them. All to be a blessing to others. All to grow in the Lord. Boy, we have some wise students in our church. These are wise people. And I think of those like the Cruises who dedicate a lifetime to full-time ministry. And all of us, every single one of us, most of the time not on a service project, most of the time not doing ministry, but yet we can do everything we do as unto the Lord. At least the wise person approaches their life that way. And you'll be able to see that in someone 
in how they spend their time, use their talents and gifts. If you open up your checkbook and all of those things, just a little study of someone's life, it will become very clear if they're a wise person and dedicating their goods, their stuff to the Lord. There's another thought, a fifth one in these verses. Finally, wisdom involves steadfastness in suffering. And that's verses 11 and 12. Wisdom knows this too, suffering. The the word discipline is there. The wise person knows this too somehow is in God's hand. It's not outside of his control. The word discipline here is related to discipleship, right? And discipleship refers to shaping, learning, growing, God making us more like he wants us to be, uh, a refining like the process that goes into making precious gold for jewelry, The wise person doesn't ask for suffering, but she is patient when things are tough. And in the midst of suffering, a wise person remembers the Father's love and depends on it, even when it's hard. And God's love ultimately carries the wise person through, even though, for sure, every child of God handles suffering differently. There can be anger and pain and many tears and struggles and doubts and questions, but in the end, the wise person, because he or she knows God, disciplines those he loves. The wise person knows that, and so you're assured yet of God's love, even in the midst of trial. If you think about these five elements of wisdom, you know what? These are all characteristics of Jesus. He's wisdom personified. Belonging to him, looking to him, is the ultimate key to unlocking wisdom in your life. Knowing him will keep your identity rooted in the Lord, in his grace, rooted in his word. Belonging to Jesus, looking to him, will save you from pride and from selfishness with your stuff. And it will keep you from crumbling in times of trouble. Jesus and His grace make us wise in a world of foolishness. The world's foolish, isn't it? I could have spent a lot of time in this sermon giving you examples of that. But I think we can all think of our own foolishness out there. The way people are living, our country, sadly, a lot of foolishness. But Jesus... And His grace, Jesus is wisdom personified, belonging to Him. That will make you wise in a world of foolishness. Prayer and being in God's Word are at the heart of the Christian life. And if you want Christian renewal this summer, in addition to being in worship just as much as you can, pray. Be in prayer. Uh, We had some time of dedicated prayer a few months ago when we had that 3 for 30 focus. Uh, If you want to have a a time of focused prayer this summer, let me suggest that you pray for these five things. For yourself, for your loved ones, and, and think of that once. If you're a father, what better thing to pray 
than that your children would find their identity and all that they are rooted in God's grace, that they would have their foundation for their life, no matter what stage of life they're in, on God's word, that they'd be people of humility and generosity, and that they would persevere in suffering. Besides prayer, be in God's word. Read Proverbs this summer. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. So uh, whatever the day of the month is, read that chapter. What day of the month is it? It's the 18th. Start later today. Read chapter 18. May you grow in wisdom. If you want to be a great dad, a great woman, a boy or a girl, seek what Solomon asked for long ago when he prayed to God wisdom. And may God renew us in him this summer as we grow in godly wisdom. Amen?